Um, although it's the brown, so I'm sure they'll find a way to fuck it up. <laughs> so hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. Uh, this week we're going to be looking at the AFC North. Uh, thanks for highlighting that on my sheet there. We're going to try and figure out what's going to happen in that uh, section of the NFL and try and make our predictions and kind of give a state of how all those franchises are getting on. So hey guys, we got Connor here, we got Harry, yeah. and we've got Ronan. Hello. How are we getting on, lads? Any crack? Oh, we have to pretend there's been a week where we, don't <laughs> we definitely aren't recording part of the same We're time. definitely not doing these back to back. There's definitely loads of, yeah, all this crazy stuff happened. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then that war. Wow, I can't believe that yeah, kicked off. I can't believe that thing Donald Trump tweeted. Like, what yeah. the fuck, man? Like, Turns out football is coming home, just not to England. <laughs> Bold. <laughs> I hope we don't have to edit that out. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see, we'll see. So, I suppose, welcome back to this. This is our pre-season podcast where we're going division by division and just kind of talking through how the teams are shaping up and how we think they're going to get on. So, this week, we're going to look at the AFC North. So, the Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. And I suppose we'll just kick straight on into them. Uh, we'll start off with the Bengals. So, this kind of perennial, also ran entity, Paul Brown, I believe is his man's name, isn't it? Who runs them? Probably. Yeah. Brown by name, Brown by nature. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, it's that's a good... reference. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Get, getting it in, in advance mm-hmm. of them. Like, he's already slating the Browns before we've even gotten onto them. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, Bengals are an interesting kind of setup because it's very hard to figure out exactly what you're going to get out of them at the moment. They've had a fair bit of turnover on their roster. Uh, they've got a couple of pieces that are potentially setting up for kind of big breakout seasons, but the question is whether or not they're going to have the coaching staff in place to be able to make the most of them because some of that was what hurt them previously. Uh, we'll go through a couple of their additions and removals uh, so far this off-season. So they've added in Cordy Glenn, uh, Billy Prince, Tyler Eifert, and John Ross are both back from injury. Preston Brown, Malik Jefferson, Chris Baker, and Sam Hubbard are all kind of additions to them so far. Uh, they've lost Jeremy Hill, who I believe has gone to join the giant uh, running back stable of ex-Bengals in the in the New England area, and AJ McCarron, who has decided to join that conference as well uh, in significantly less good circumstances. Uh, Pac-Man Jones, Kevin Winter, uh, Chris Smith are gone, so is Russell Bodine, Andre Smith, and Eric Winston. So, this is a roster, and we always say this when we talk about the Bengals, like, this is a team who, if we went three, four years back, we probably would have said had one of the better rosters in the NFL, and now it's a confusing hodgepodge of some areas of strength, but potentially aging strength, and then some areas that have a lot of upside, but we haven't seen it happen. Like, I think the only things you can really point to that are guarantees in this team are, like, AJ Green on the offense. Uh, You've got one or two nice pieces on that defensive line, but not really complete unit as such. Has Perfect been suspended yet? Uh, he has, isn't he? Because he's got, he, well, but wasn't it bizarre? Wasn't it like his first ever one for PEDs? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's... he's, he's well, Mike was for the marijuana, wasn't it? Oh, yes, yeah. It was for Weez. I yeah. thought Weez made you less angry. Maybe that's why they gave it to him. Uh, <laughs> it's still illegal. That's the main thing. No. Um, like the big thing with the Bengals that changed over the last two seasons, even though the defensive pieces that they lost were a bit more interesting, was that slow deprecation of that offensive line, mostly to Cleveland, actually. And what they've done, and I think they realized that last season they were trying to get by with, like, journeymen like Andre Smith 
uh, and Russell Bodine, and they're like, look, this, like this journeyman approach isn't going. Let's go out there and get some proper offensive line talent. So they go out and trade with uh, Buffalo for for like to move up the draft for Cordy Glenn, who we were talking last time was a major loss to Buffalo because he's like a top 15 left tackle, and obviously we know the left tackles get paid a lot of money right now. Uh, just as they Solder got paid in the offseason. So Cordy Glenn is a massive upgrade at left tackle over Andre Smith or uh, Cedric uh, Obugwe, who they keep trying to make into a tackle, but it's terrible. And they also got Billy Price in the draft as a uh, like as a centre, possibly as a guard, uh, who was fairly well, 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 well regarded within the draft process and as someone who could be an instant starter. So I think if they can get an offensive line going, then we know that Andy Dalton, if he is protected, can do things, especially with John, especially with AJ Green there. Uh, and then the rest of the thing kind of just comes together naturally, I suppose, from that perspective. Like you know, they had they got Joe Mixon last season. They still have Giovanni Bernard. Uh, they got John Ross. Like and you know, as X factors, they got John Ross and perhaps Tyler Eifert coming into that offense. But for me, the foundational thing. I think they've recognised need to change with the offensive line, and if Cordy Glenn can do that job at left tackle, and Billy Price can be an instant starter, I think that makes them a major upgrade from where they were last season, and may, may actually make them competitive in the division. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's a it's a smart move that they've made. They've seen what their problem is, they've improved upon it. It's just a question now whether they can do that, especially with the defence slowly degrading itself due to attrition and time and talent that used to be quite good getting older and not quite as good. So we've obviously got the, 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 the problem of Marvin. I can't believe they're giving me another extension who's <laughs> here at, uh, at the coaching position. Because when we look at some of the players that we're talking about and the potential on this offense, like these are we're not talking about rookies. We're talking about players who were here last year and were massively underutilized. Now, obviously, they claim that the John Ross thing was an injury, but we saw that he wasn't getting used even pre the injury, which was very confusing given the the drafting position of him, so whether that was a disconnect between the head office and the coaching staff, I don't know. Uh, Mixon, we saw some flashes out of last year uh, whenever they started to kind of rely on him a bit harder, but as we mentioned there, uh, their offensive line was something that was going to hamper that, so that has a lot of potential. Uh, you've got Tyler Eifert, if he can stay on the field as a good playmaking tight end. And then, as we've already mentioned, they have AJ Green there, kind of as someone who can take the top off a of defense. And even in terrible Bengals seasons, can have kind of high, uh, high individual performances himself. So there's definitely potential on this offense, but uh, I'm not sure any of us truly trust it, do we? No, uh, I mean I think you're probably being a little generous. Like I have very little faith in this in this offense. Like Andy Dalton has regressed significantly over the last few years. Um, we've seen like in recent seasons, AJ Green just against good teams just gets smothered because they have no other real threat. Like relying on Tyler Eifert not to get injured again. Good luck. John Ross has shown nothing, and then you've got like like Brandon LaFells and your Tyler Boys and yeah. Morris Boringer is on their roster now. Like oh yeah, but I think he's not a allowed. Titan. But I think oh I thought that he was not allowed to play for them this year because I think oh, he's really? because I think he's there as part of their international program. So he ha- he's he's guaranteed a spot on their practice squad for the year or something. Oh okay, that's interesting. I'm know. not certain, but I think that's the case. It might be the case. And anyway, the point is that this team is 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 that was once had a very talented roster is now talent deficient. And we've seen that over the last seasons. I agree with Roland that the O line is a key, is a key factor in that. Cordy Glenn is good. Billy Price, you never know with like college O linemen, um, an upgrade. But there's still an awful lot of questions at like literally every other position on that O line. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not convinced. I don't think Joe Mixon is that good personally. Like he's fine. I don't think he's going to elevate a struggling offense. I think this team might be bad. Like I think this team might be. It's time to recognize that the Cincinnati Bengals are not a good team. 
Well, I think we kind of recognised that a while back. <laughs> Uh, just a lot, a lot of a lot of the league hasn't accepted. Not it just yet. mediocre, but I mean this this could be a properly bad team. Like, who like, who do they, they have now as a backup quarterback? Who have they got sitting behind the red rifle? Oh, you're gonna love this, Matt Barkley. Oh wow, that's where Matt Barkley is. Yeah. Jesus, that's not very good at all. Um, <laughs> no, it isn't. Like it's worrying, and like the defense hasn't got better. I don't think. Like it's definitely, it's definitely gotten older. So, older, exactly. Yeah. It's got older. Um, like you see the, the, their headline says Chris Baker a guy whose like main talent is being extremely large and I mean that's fine that's good that's useful but that's limited that's not going to change a thing and we've seen even with talents like Geno Atkins um, struggle just for a lack of a supporting cast over the last little while yeah. so yeah I, I, I'm concerned for the Bengals this this doesn't look, this is going to be a difficult season for them I think yeah because I know when I was going through the games trying to pick them and obviously we're picking them very early and all that kind of stuff but like because I have, I have, I have a little bit more faith in the surrounding elements. But my question was obviously sitting on the quarterback and what version of Andy Dalton are we going to get, and what version of this offense are we going to see? And but even at that, even with a bit more faith in what they might be able to put together with uh, Joe Mixon or with like John Ross being able to provide a bit of a deep threat, I was struggling to see the games they were going to win on their on their schedule at all. I agree. Like Tough uh, schedule. I'm so I, I refuse to see any Cincinnati Bengals team. Uh, with, with with their current setup, if they choose to keep that coach, they have to be at least average. That's just the Cincinnati Bengals way. They and <laughs> I refuse to see them getting less than six wins because they're so boring. Uh, if they if they had that many losses, they might actually be interesting and they might actually fire their fire Marvin Lewis. It's not going to happen. Marvin Lewis forever. He's constant. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh. like the sun. He'll be there well for a few billion years left anyway. Yeah, no, uh, so I suppose, Harry, what do you have them going? I have this team going 3-13. and 13. They will be the worst team in the AFC and I think the second worst team in the entire NFL. Very good. I also have them going 3-13. and 13. Like I said, I'm a bit higher on them than you are, but I just couldn't see those wins coming from anywhere, and that was good enough for 15th in the AFC. And I'll, I'll tell you something else from my predictions. They're going to get swept by the Cleveland Browns. Nice, nice. Uh what I have going six and ten, uh, which puts them in well into the milieu of like I think eight, nine. There's a lot of teams on six and ten in my prediction, so they're in that schwill. Everyone uh, trends towards below average in Roland's world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So yeah, probably probably a year of struggle for the Bengals. Speaking of years of struggle, uh, the Cleveland Browns coming off an zero and sixteen season. They won. They were one and fifteen the previous year. People said it's only up from here, and how wrong they were. Uh, Hugh Jackson just there um, uh, went for a swim in the in the lake to uh, to follow through on his bet and raise a bit of money for the local area. But this is a very interesting team because I think we're all now these are obviously also at risk of becoming this kind of next four or five years version of the Jacksonville Jaguars where every year we think this is going to turn it around. And what happened? Eventually. They're a team that were terrible, had some skilled players, lost a huge amount of close games, had a had a very decent defense, uh, but for some reason just kept turning it over in the red zone, had the worst... Uh, when you red- say for some reason, like that reason was Deshaun Kaiser. Like. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, well, to be honest, I'll put some of it on Deshaun Kaiser and a whole lot of it on the coaching. Um yeah. Because, to be honest, some of the ways that they were trying to attack end zones were like, you've had success moving it this far, why don't you... No, no, you want to change the plan now. That makes perfect sense. 
Uh, they've added a huge amount of pieces uh, in this offseason, so we're expecting to see quite a different team. This is also one that's going to have to perform so that the coach doesn't lose his job, although if you can survive into a third season after winning one game in the first two, <laughs> like you're pretty fucking bulletproof. So they've added Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, Chris Hubbard, uh, Austin Corbett, Greg Robinson, Denzel Ward, EJ Gaines, TJ Carey. Like, this is... This is that, that, that's an entire like that could essentially be a starting offense for some of the teams that we're going to discuss at certain points of like just firing Tyrod Jarvis Landry Carlos Hyde that's a nice combo to start with just for the for the crack for some of these other oh, no offense to the to the to the fans of them dog shit teams that we will be talking about and have talked about already um, right, Buffalo. they lost Joe Thomas which is obviously very disappointing I have a side thing I might mention about Joe Thomas later on but uh, they lost Joe Thomas they lost to Sean Kaiser uh, Cody Kessler Kevin Hogan Jason McCordy and Johnny Shelton so obviously one of the big questions and this seems to be a bit of a recurring theme with people who drafted quarterbacks high up is is this team going to stick to their guns and start Tyrod Taylor and allow development of Baker Mayfield behind him and try and earn it that way or is the fact that this coach needs to perform and needs to do I presume at least six wins to try and keep his job this year like who is going to get in there and realistically when do they swap like I think Taylor starts and I think um, if to be honest with you I think Mayfield only really gets in if if A when Taylor starts sucking um, or B if it just gets to the point where the season's kind of dead anyway and they want to see what they got Yeah, I might be giving too much credit to Cleveland's coaching staff I probably am but I think they will hopefully have learned some lessons from what they've done over the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. and recognise that the stability is important uh, there will we will certainly see Mayfield at some point because we know he is the future of this team or well he should be the future of this team and they will want to sort of bet him in and see how he works with all these pieces but I don't think they want to get into a situation where they're just fucking already you know five games down to start the season and his confidence is bruised I don't think they're going to put themselves in that position they've had that happen way too many times throughout the history of this franchise now saying that they're probably going to do exactly that because Cleveland but I like to think that they're going to do a little better I'm quite excited about this roster to be honest I think they've added a huge amount in the skill position yeah. like Landry I know you were saying earlier last week that you don't particularly rate him I think he's a very useful player I oh no I think he's good it's Ronan who doesn't like him yeah no, I said one I, of you my remember. opinion on but, him he was holding that Miami Dolphins offense back because <laughs> they became over reliant on him I don't think with the offensive talent they have here in particular Josh Gordon that's yeah. Happen I'm, in no, this stealing my Josh Gordon thunder. Anyway, also Josh Gordon. Can we talk about Josh Gordon? Uh, I, I saw love the, Josh I, Gordon. I saw I saw the pictures of Josh Gordon at training. Huge. Uh, like I'm sorry. Oh like God. Whatever unknown substance Edelman was taking was probably <laughs> just Josh Gordon blood. Yeah, he's drinking Josh Gordon's <laughs> piss like. Not receivers. <laughs> but, like, uh, it's Hyde, I think, is a great player. He's a backup. You've then got Carlos Hyde, um, the guy they drafted, uh, Chubb and uh, Duke Johnson in that backfield. That's a tasty-looking backfield. The O-line has lost Joe Thomas, but there's still a huge amount of talent on Joe Batonio is one of the best guards in the league. Uh, we saw like guys like Spencer Drango play quite well last season. Uh, obviously, the less said about Greg Robinson, the better, but uh, why not? I mean, third, fourth, fifth time's the charm, right? Yeah, yeah. Bust. But they have, they have talent. The defense is good. They've lost Shelton and McCordy, who are you know important players, but not a huge amount. But like they, they, I feel like they've really added to this team, and this seems like a plan coming together because we saw they, they, yeah, they, they could have won four or five games last season. They were close in yeah. in quite a lot of them. I think they had and six games that were with like that they lost by within a score within the last kind of two minutes or so. Like you can't, you can't. That's an unsustainable level of just 
fuck up or eat the tail exactly. end of the game. And I think we're going to see that improve. I think we're going to see Taylor is a much less turnover-prone quarterback than Kaiser, and that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. And then you have additional weapons. Uh, you're going to have, a, a, hopefully, a healthy Corey Coleman, for example, as well. You've got Gordon, who was there last season, but those guys are good. You add Landry, you add the running backs to that mix. I think this team is going to surprise people. I think this team is going to be fun. I think they're going to knock off some teams who are going to take them lightly, um, and I think they'll be do, they'll do that with with Tyrod Taylor to go back loop back initially. And I think they might also find themselves winning a couple of games at the end of the season with Baker Mayfield once things are kind of all said and done. Um, although it's the Browns, so I'm sure they'll find a way to fuck it up. <laughs> Oh yeah, almost certainly. Like, I, it, it is that thing of like, I, I, I think I'm, I'm with you. I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch this year, uh, just because they'll actually be entertaining games. And I'm 100 percent with you on the whole. Like, that's why I brought up the fact that they had such a bad turnover rate in the red zone. Is that like that's pretty much exactly what Tyrod Taylor can give them is a kind of a solution to that. Like, they have a problem of they play some pretty tough teams this year, which is where I think they're going to struggle a little bit. But like, there are definitely winnable games on there, and I can see them. Like, even with some of the tough games last year, like we said, they were very close. So I can see one or two of them swinging their way as well. Um, this defense, as we mentioned, like, was genuinely very good last year. It was slightly above average in terms of, like, its stop rate. It wasn't great, I think, on the interceptions, but was good at, like, the scoring-to-drive ratio and stuff like that. And as I said, like, one of the reasons that they dropped off a little bit was because they were having turnovers happen, and that was putting them in bad positions. They've added a good bit of a, a good number of skilled players to the to, to the defense to try and help them. They've got Ward coming in and stuff like that. Like, is this a defense that's nearing turning the corner? Does this does this have a bit of a feel of the of the kind of the Jags blueprint of they've been investing high end picks in this defense to try and make sure that they get the pieces there to build a backbone for a team? Or do you think that they're getting there, but they're maybe another year or two away from them being kind of a proper problematic defense? I don't think they've quite gone that hard. I think they did that last offseason and maybe the offseason before that, although with the amount of changeover they have every season, that, that's not quite accurate either. But I think with what they've done the last season, they brought in a lot of talent last season over the last two seasons. They brought in, obviously, Miles Garrett with the number one pick last season. Let's see if he can push on with, and hopefully avoid injury this season because he looked great when he was actually mm-hmm. playing. Um, they have Jamie Collins in like their linebackers. They got Michael Kendricks, who was a solid role player for the Philadelphia Eagles on a Super Bowl winning team. And I think the major thing that they targeted in the offseason was in the secondary. I think EJ Gaines is someone who's held around uh, in uh, in the free agency for a bit longer than we expected, but was very solid. Denzel Ward, very highly, uh, very highly rated within the draft, and they ended up getting him as well in the first round. And TJ Carey is kind of a role, make, role player there as well. So I think if they can fix that secondary, then that defense was really just that step away from being maybe not like one of the elite defenses like the Jaguars, but being like a top 15, top 10 defense. I say like I wouldn't be surprised to see them be a top 10 defense, particularly if the offense does not put them in those awful situations once again. I think the only issue that I have is that with the loss of Danny Shelton, they do look a little bit soft up the middle in the defensive tackles. So it'll be interesting to see how their run defense goes. But I think in the modern NFL, it's the pass defense. It's the pass defense that wins you games. And I think with the people that they've added, Denzel Ward and AJ Gaines, that should be a lot better than it was last season. And they already had some solid playmakers like uh, Buddy Calhoun, who will hopefully not be put into a, like a you know a starting CB role, but more be a slot receiver, slot uh, corner type role. I think it could be a good defense, but not a great defense. But they have that chance to be great with those kind of players like Jamie Collins and Miles Garrett if they can ascend and be the elite players that we think they can be. 
Yeah, I'll be honest now. I have I have one slight worry with this team in particular, which is I'd hate to see them perform just well enough to keep a coaching staff around that might not necessarily be the most beneficial to the development of the team because this is a roster that I think a lot of coaches would be happy to have. They've got a new general manager in place who should be providing them with a good... Uh, kind of good development coming through from that for players and like, like let's be honest like if you're if you, if you've won one game out of fucking 32 games you're not necessarily got the pedigree there to show that you're actually someone who can build something like a lot of the reason that we have hope here isn't because of what we've seen them be able to do it's what we're seeing them bring in talent wise and what they're achieving with all the draft capital so i'm hoping that yeah. they do well enough but they can see the bigger picture and still be able to move on and don't forget it's not coaching staff there was a you know we're talking about greg williams as dc we're talking about todd haley as oc both people who have had success in the past but also both people who when things weren't going their way things didn't go very well at all yeah. um so this is kind of a team where we all genuinely hope they start off well because i think they could really roll on from there but if things start as badly as we've seen it they're like they don't have a win or they only have one win within say the first the first half of the season things are going to get really ugly really fast again but I think you know the Cleveland fans probably deserve it at this point not to have that happen once again and see some progress in this team and some excitement hopefully with Baker Mayfield being part of that process uh, towards the back end of the season so Harry what have you got as a win-loss I have them going believe it or not 8-8 eight and eight. nice good for 8th in the AFC and they miss out on the playoffs in 8 on tiebreakers oh sickened uh, can I ask as well just with that how, do you think you see any Baker Mayfield in that or is that just Tyrod manages because if they if they get to 8 and 8 that's a pretty good season it's hard yeah. to find a spot where you're putting um, I don't know again it depends on the specifics of the I can't remember the obviously order in which they got to that score so it yeah. depend on the specifics but it could be a case you could get to 8 and 8 but that could be you know you could go like 4 and 7 and then Taylor's cut Mayfield come, dropped and Mayfield comes in but if Taylor can get them to 8 and 8 without like there being a major run of losses then yeah he could he could pretty yeah, much do the whole thing course. Uh, Ronan, you've got them going six and ten. Okay. So in in the uh, middle of the pack milieu that will define the AFC basically. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And again, do you have much of Baker in that, or I think he will definitely play, but I don't think to maybe like week twelve, week thirteen. I think once they're eliminated or effectively eliminated, they'll throw him in. But I think Tyrod will do enough to kind of stick around till then. I just think it, like honestly, the major reason I think they won't win games is because I don't trust that. Uh, coaching team I think yeah. they'll just take too many screw ups that they could avoid that they'll end up losing games that they shouldn't just yeah. not quite as badly as the last season because they won't have the Sean Kaiser throwing pick sixes or like you know red zone picks every five seconds yeah no of course I've got them going 5 and 11 which I think is good enough for 10th but I'm not certain and uh, interesting because I, tr- I was trying to toy out my head when we're going to see the see the swap over and I think it happens when they fall about maybe two games below 500 but interestingly I also think that the moment that they drop to about that, say it's a, a three and five or three and six moment, uh, I think they swap coach at that point. I think I think the the point at which you would see the introduction of Baker Mayfield is also a point at which you will see them want to swap that uh, swap that coaching staff. And it might be an interim. What they might do is just make Todd Haley the interim head coach because he'll have coached him and he'll be the he'll be the offensive. Mm. mind but uh, again I, I think I think that they should know that that's not a good long term solution <laughs> but yeah it's like... but yeah so that's that's why I've got them I've got I've got uh, Baker playing at the back end but I don't have him playing under the current coaching staff I think which I think would be quite fun as a combo uh, that brings us on nicely to the Ravens previously the Cleveland Browns uh, <laughs> 
They are in a bit of a rut at the moment, to be honest. Uh, Joe Flacco has been looking terrible for a while. They've drafted a replacement for him, but the question is, how loyal are they to him? How long will they let him be there? I've heard an interesting theory knocked around that this might be a candidate for if an injury were to occur on a team, a contendery type team that needs someone to come in, that they would trade Joe Flacco uh, to them at that point and start the rookie. Uh, they've had a fair amount of turnover, which to be fair, needed to happen given how their wide receivers were acting last year. Their defense put up a surprising number of very strong games last year, given the talent level that was on there uh, they're still kind of hemming and hawing around a couple of different uh, running backs they found a bit of juice in one or two of them at the tail end of last year so we'll see how that develops uh, in terms of additions they've added uh, John Brown Michael Crabtree uh, Hayden Hurst Willie Sneed uh, in the quarterback room they've now added Lamar Jackson and RG3 a very clear site that they're moving away from the type of play that Flacco has because RG3 is obviously there to mentor Lamar uh, hopefully in not like not in how to slide and <laughs> whatnot. but uh, like RG3 is not there because his skill set is a good match to Joe Flacco if he goes down and they've also added in Orlando Brown they've lost Mike Wallace Jeremy Macklin Benjamin Watson Ryan Jensen and uh, Ozzie Newsom has uh, is he is he gone gone or is he seeing yeah the, after the draft he basically Okay, fair enough. No, because I wasn't sure if he was like he was still in place at the moment until they bring someone in or whatever. But yeah, like he's 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 got no more drafts left in him anyway. Um. So yeah. So as we mentioned there, like they weren't having incredible O line play, but there were some injuries on that line last year. Uh, they weren't getting the performance out of Joe Flacco that they needed, and they really weren't getting their money's worth out of their receivers outside of like Mike Wallace had a surprising number of deep ball touchdowns if I remember. But uh, nothing else was really working there for them. So do we think these additions can help them? Do we think that these additions are even designed to necessarily help them in their current scheme? Or are they a build towards what they want to do with their new toy, uh, Lamar Jackson? I don't care about the Baltimore Ravens this season. Like <laughs> They've just been so dull and so mediocre for so what feels like so long. And it hasn't, it's only been like two years, but until they do something to prove me different. Like, this team, I'm just so uninvested in this team. And, and I mean, the wide receivers, even, like, this is their big sort of turnover thing, you know, they're getting rid of the... Like, Crabtree had a difficult season last season. Willie Sneed caught, like, three passes all year. John Brown is inconsistent at best. They brought... Do you remember Devere Posey used to play for the Houston Texans about five years ago? They brought him back from Canada. Like, Jesus. They're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks in terms of receiving core. And I'm not impressed with any of these signs. I think Crabtree will be... Decent, but I'm not impressed with any of this. Well, what I thought was and interesting like, is for the for the Crabtree signing, he uh, he went to the, his brother to ask him about his time in San Francisco. I was like, that was so long ago. How is that relevant? Yeah, look, the whole thing is is is, is weird. Um, I, I'm just not sure what like they're just plotting away. And it's it's a well coached team, but I think Flacco is is the problem at this point. I think yeah. I agree with you there. I think we've seen he's lost a, a lot of what. Like their best player is a kicker for fuck's sake like this team is Thanks to disagree <laughs> yeah well, you just don't like him um, th- th- this team is weird like Lamar Jackson I think will be fun and exciting but I don't think Lamar Jackson will happen this season I, I genuinely don't I think this team will unless things go like horrifically wrong um, and I mean like like Cleveland Browns last year wrong I don't see them actually moving away from Flacco and I think he will play out the season here I think the Ravens will be interesting next year when they start thinking about Jackson in terms of a starter but right now I think they're thinking of him in terms of a project 
And right now they are just sort of just chucking stuff around Joe Flacco to see what happens. And I mean, like, there's some interesting things, like obviously Alex Collins showed some stuff, yeah. good stuff last season, but couldn't get into the end zone to save his life. Like, he, they don't have a, a three-down back in there, and they, we don't know if they have really even an effective committee between him and, and Allen, and I suppose Kenneth Dixon is back from his suspension, but and it, oh, suspension and injury, that wasn't a good year. But like we've seen it, the, the O-line is aging, the defense uh, is aging despite having some talents in there like C.J. Mosley. Um, like their safety combo of Weddle and Jefferson is great on paper, but old again. Like this team is has not really addressed those concerns, and is right now seems to be just kind of being like, we just got to get Joe some help. We just got to do whatever we can to help Joe, and I'm not sure that they have. So I think this is going to be a blur season, and then next season is where we're going to see the rebuild kick in and actually get interesting. And I think under under John Harbaugh. It could well be, and I think because of what he can do, he will survive this season being mediocre again, but I don't expect anything other than mediocrity from the Ravens right now. Yeah. Like, I I, I feel that they're going to... I won't give away what I've got them going, but I have them not making the playoffs, right? And I have them not making the playoffs with there's a gap between them and the, the next playoff position. So I think at that point, that means that that's going to give them at least two or three games if not more at the back end of the season where they just got to go and see this new guy I think there's no way this that the Ravens as a franchise can be looking at Joe Flacco beyond this year full stop uh, and I think that it's complete idiocy if they're not in a spot where they can be competing for the playoffs to waste time not trying to get some experience for that rookie at that point like almost every team that we've talked about so far that have one of these guys on their on their roster know that like it's the point where we're not in the playoffs anymore or we're not doing well enough or we fall enough behind like this is a team that I could see falling like three games behind behind 500 at some point because they've got a couple of bad stretches and then just saying fuck it we're gonna have to go for it um but equally I could see them being boring 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 being at like six and six or six and seven bit we're never catching the guys who are on nine or ten wins here so uh yeah let's just see what the young guy can do for the last four or five games yeah i don't know because also i'm with you as well this defense just looks it just looks and feels old to me i don't know like they they got a lot out of it last year for what i was expecting to not be a unit that could put up those kind of performances but then they were also wildly fluctuating as to whether they could perform or not like Fitz what do you reckon about the defense of this team is it something that they can rely on as a backbone or is it something that's just increasingly becoming a part of a middle of the pack entity but I think like I think Carrie hit on the the head in the sense that like I think the pieces uh, yes they're getting older you're thinking especially like people like Terrell Suggs you're thinking of people like Eric Weddle uh, and that is a problem, definitely. But John Harbaugh and, both, and his brother, obviously, are both people who have managed to coach incredibly good defenses uh, for a very long time. And I don't think it's going to suddenly become like it's not going to change overnight. That suddenly they're going to basically turn into uh, a bad defense because I think with good coaching, any defense can be pretty good. And I think on, on the other hand, I think like there are there are some exciting young players in that defense that could potentially continue to make the next step up. I think if they like Marlon Humphrey in particular, uh, you know, their first round pick from last season uh, as someone who could really make that defense even better. So I think, and Jimmy Smith's pretty good. So I think actually, it's funny, I think like their secondary is definitely one that I think is, is getting better if Eric Weddle can stay at his current level. The front seven, I've had questions for them for a long time. Like you don't really recognize the names unlike in those kind of elite uh, Baltimore Ravens teams we're used to, but based on what they did last season, 
They continue to put up the numbers. They continue to keep their key team in most games. And I think if the offense can do something, and don't forget that, like, you know, most of the rumors were that Joe Flacco was playing injured last season, and Alex Collins can do something, the defense won't have to do as much, hopefully. If they have to do as much as they did last season, yes, you can get worried. But I think even in that case, the defense won't be the problem. They will just won't be able to do enough to fix it, which, unfortunately, in the Baltimore Ravens case, is the requirement for them to go into the playoffs and win things. Uh, the defense has to be absolutely elite, but I think it's still going to be, like, a top... Uh, 10 defence at the end of the day when it comes down to it yeah fair enough Harry what have you got them going on the win loss uh, I've got them going uh, 6 and 10 fair enough uh, which would be 12th I just now part of that is uh, partly due to my like total overhyping of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> so it's really 8 and 8 but I just don't get two wins to the Browns because I really like them this season um, but like yeah I just 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 meh like I said it's just I, meh it's hard to care and I think this is the season before they blow it up where everything's just going to be like winning whatever yeah, fair enough. Uh, Ronan? I have them going 8-8. Eight and eight, Another failure of a season for them, relatively speaking. Uh, but, you know, they're just... I think they're just too good in terms of their coaching and they've got good enough talent level that I don't see them getting like lower than Harry's prediction, but probably slightly higher. Mm. Yeah, I've also got them going 8-8. Eight and eight, And like I said, it's kind of that thing of I think they'll be good enough. I think they'll move and bring in the young guy a little bit earlier. Uh, like, this obviously goes out the window if they end up doing some kind of like trade Flacco type thing but like yeah it's just that thing I, and I have that that's good enough on my rankings for them to get 7th in the AFC so they are outside the playoff picture but they're outside by uh, I think the closest they could go would be uh, 2 wins away so that's why I think they're going to have space at the back end of the year if not earlier to, to, to bring out Lamar Jackson and see what they have so yeah so overall a very disappointing season for the Ravens where they might see a little bit of what they'll be turning into uh, but it's not even their final form yet <laughs> and finally in the AFC North the uh, grand daddies of it I suppose for the moment the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers franchise that has been doing very well I suppose for the last number of years constantly hitting the playoffs never quite getting to the heady height that they would like of adding to their six Super Bowls um, they have Possibly the best offensive triplets uh, in the NFL at the I moment. Hate that phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, I'll, I'll take offensive triplets over the killer bees any fucking day. Uh, <laughs> I like Vince Billions. <laughs> the what? I still like Vince Billions. Vince, I. <laughs> There's a stupid meme when um, Vince Williams started playing games for started starting for Pittsburgh. Oh, when he wanted and to have the killer bees, so he became Vince Billions. <laughs> Fair enough. I never knew what the origin of that yeah, was. Fucking just read it like yeah, yeah. stupid shit. happens it amuses me because it's so stupid basically mm. I love it. Um, but yeah so basically this is a team that is in generally considered to be in a very good position would be expected to do very well uh, they've had a couple of setbacks here and there they haven't been able to rebuild their defence over the last couple of years the way they might necessarily want to they've had injuries to that group as well which has set them back even further uh, in terms of additions in the off season they've added uh, Terrell Edmonds Morgan Burnett Marcus Allen uh, Mason Rudolph and John Bostick they've lost William Gay uh, Mike Mitchell Martavis Bryant Chris Hubbard I don't because I'm not sure how much space there really is to develop this offense much more than there was. Like, obviously, you want to probably get some depth on the offensive line and stuff like that, and maybe adding in a tight end type scenario. But, like, you know, you've, when you've got Antonio Brown, you've got Juju Schuster working well as number uh, two. Boo, 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 booster, I think. Boo, boo, yeah. Booster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing the whole thing. Everyone's a B now. Okay, okay. Oh, uh, I, I, I will check through my phone and see what one would sound the weirdest uh, when one of you guys are talking. I, I, what about. weirder than Boo Boo Biff Booster? Like, yes, I think I think we can be. probably be- beat that, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, so like they've got the super high-powered offense that's able to. So like their biggest issue on that at the moment is the the ongoing question whether or not Le'Veon Bell is going to hold out or not. Uh, he's currently looking to get every season. It feels like yeah, but it's it's one of those. This one has been very confusing because he said like oh, I don't want to do that and I don't intend to. And now is kind of like going back to it. Uh, Has he started dropping shitty rap songs again yet? Uh, one second. How about Blas uh, Konami Blandenye? Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's a linebacker. Uh, <laughs> it's great, because when we do it this way, people don't realise. I can't pronounce these names for shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's so... He's badly on that one. But basically, he's um, he's, he's talking about... Uh, he didn't want all out. He's now looking at staying out until the season starts. Uh, the problem is, obviously, that like as we discussed, they're, they're almost certainly planning to just run him into the ground and then get rid of him next year, because uh, they don't want to pay him $18 million. And to be honest... As good as he is, his worth is probably not eighteen million on the open market at the moment because he's had so much usage. No one wants to give him an eighteen million year a year four year contract. Yeah, he's had so much usage. He holds that every year, and his rap music is shit. Like I mean, he's not doing himself any favors. <laughs> strong words, strong words. Uh, <laughs> he's a great player, but yeah. dope, like. so. And uh, obviously, the the, the other. Oh one yeah, and he keeps getting busted smoking pot, doesn't he, or something? Yeah, he's got some some pot stuff as well. Uh, so the other one we didn't mention from the uh, from the missing players is obviously uh, Ryan Chazier, who got injured last season. So he is on uh, the physically unable to perform list uh, for this year. And to be honest, having seen him at the draft, yeah. I would not like actually physically unable to. Yeah, it was really, really it made you feel really yeah, awkward. Good. Like I like. Best of luck to the guy. I know he's come out and had a press conference, and he said that like he intends to try and get back, which means that there's definitely like there's definitely at least a doctor out there who said, yeah, no, like it's possible. But um, I, I, I don't. It's know. like Ryan Shazier is like, if you don't tell me this, I'm gonna tackle you to the ground. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> you can't. And he's like, I can. I'm Ryan Shazier. Yeah. But no, like I don't think like one of the things that happened in the back end of last season that once Ryan Shazier went down. The efficiency of that defense took a big tumble as well. Um, basically, for the last, like throughout the playoffs, in the last few games they had, like they had to turn it, like they basically had to turn up the jets on the offense because the defense suddenly had a major downgrade. Now it wasn't all just because Shazier left. Their secondary had been pretty like cack all all year, but I think Shazier was not only a great playmaker, he was the leader of that defense. There was no one else in that defense who really. You could take people by you know, by the scruff of their neck and be like set the tone for that team. He was basically doing a job, obviously that they, they've uh, like you know Steelers have traditionally had that one or two players who could basically you know you could identify the defense yeah. being a range this year. Ryan Shazier was becoming that player, and there's really no one there to replace him. Like there's a few candidates that you could think about, like maybe T.J. Watt. Oh yeah, another Watt brother. Let's go. Yeah, uh, he's way too really young can't. to be doing that yet. Yeah. So what? What's uh, out plays outside? Like I mean, you're looking at yeah. Vince Williams and obviously uh, John Bostic. Uh, I would like they like, used to use Trey Polamalu for it, and he'd run down and just kind of shout stuff in. It's more the it's the swagger thing that they yeah. try and sell as being their their thing. You know the but I think, like they've obviously brought John Bostic to kind of import some kind of like leadership role, but John Bostic's obviously not anywhere near the same talent level nor the same kind of attitude as it were like that defense was becoming a very aggressive very you know hard hitting uh, probably too hard hitting in the case of what happened to Shazir and I think without that 
the defense is going to take ahead. I think the offense is good enough to compensate for that, but ultimately I think the, that that defense was building up to be something great and would have been quite great with these uh, secondary imports they brought in, but without him, I have a bit more questions over how good this defense can be overall. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I do think the changes they made in the secondary will make a massive difference. Edmonds, Bur- Edmonds is a group who's had good uh, draft capital. Morgan Burnett, who's a very underestimated player in Green Bay, very flexible, should give them a lot of flexibility back there. And Mark Allen's kind of in there. Uh, I think that'll be, it'll be, if that secondary could be better, maybe that can compensate enough that the defense could be near the same level, but they won't ascend to the higher level we might have expected uh, based on the talents they've brought in over the last five years or so. Yeah, I think it's a fair point about the safeties, but the big concern, I think, for this defense is, is a cornerback. Like, it's a fucking who's who of who. Like, I mean, you've got, like, the, the corpse of, of Joe Hayden shambling around there. Kobe Hayden? Yeah, Kobe Sensabaugh, who is terrible. And then just some Kobe Bensabaugh? Like, Kobe Bensabaugh. That's, that's a good one. I like, that. <laughs> I like that. But, like, seriously, the rest of it, it's, like, well, Barty Burns. <laughs> Has. But again, like he's not really shown that he can be a number one corner. There's no like shutdown number one guy in this in this secondary, and that's the problem. Is that this team is going to still give up a lot of big plays when they come up against big, strong, fast receivers, and that's worrying because safeties can only cover up so much of that hole, you know. And I mean, this was a problem for them last season, but it's one they haven't fixed. Yeah, like I suppose this is the thing. Like we're saying. We're expecting this offense to be able to perform at a very high level uh, and that that can maybe keep the pressure on to kind of alleviate the issues that the defense is going to have. Like, I think people massively underestimate how important even, like, middle-of-the-pack defense was to how how the Steelers team operated in the last couple of years. Like, when you look at that Chiefs playoff game, it was their defense that managed to to keep them in the game because the offense wasn't doing jack shit in that one. Like... I think that's why I think we're all going to have them doing pretty well, but we're all going to have them coming down to earth a little bit and like not being able to see because this is the thing as well. Like Ben Roethlisberger for like Ben Bothelsberger. Ben Bothelsberger. Sorry, <laughs> big baby Ben. Big 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 baby Ben uh, is big big baby Ben Bothelsberger. Um, he uh, ben yeah. laugh here. Oh 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 oh. Uh, but basically, like, as good as he's been, and I do think the people at certain times overrate him, like, I think that he is old, he's injury-prone, he's not had as much off-season shit this year about, will I quit, will I won't, um, kind of thing. But, like, he's getting to that point where his body is breaking down a bit more, he's not able to do everything he can. He still has the ability to make those incredible throws sometimes, like we saw in the playoffs, but, like... like they're looking already at the future. Like that's what Mason Rudolph is on this roster for is to be the replacement. Now, I don't think necessarily this year, but I do think that we're looking at like we're looking at the tail year or two years of Ben of of big baby Ben uh, at the moment. And like there's a chance that that falls off as well. Because if if he gets injured for three or four games, I don't know what you can expect this team to be putting up outside of like I don't know how good Mason Rudolph would be. Yeah, but like consider that in previous seasons where Big Ben has got injury, he's not exactly been known to get around injury. It, like the people that they've brought in to replace them have been absolute dog shit. Mason uh, Rudolph is perhaps not absolute dog shit. We'll see. Uh, and I think you know having a young rookie quarterback that you're building up from the ground up might give you a better chance of having decent quarterback play behind Big Ben if he doesn't get injured for a couple of games. Uh, so I don't think it's made them worse. But their backup quarterback situation has always been one of the worst things that's been about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And Mason Rudolph could very easily be an upgrade over that. 
No, it could be, yeah, but it's just it's just that thing of like I think we're we're now getting to the point where even more so than just the general Big Ben standing in the pocket and taking kits and letting them shake off is an issue. I think it's now getting to the point where that will be more and more of an issue as we move through, and he's not going to be able to do that as much. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair point. I mean, like any every season now, it feels like he's like, oh, will I retire? Won't I retire? Oh, look at my walking boot. Oh, I'm so brave. But it is the thing. I, I'm not convinced that. Rudolph is going to be the future. I didn't. I wasn't high on him, um, but I do think he's an attempt, uh, and I think that he—that's the idea they want to see. They think this guy can replace Roethlisberger. I think they're wrong, but I think that's exactly it. And like they need, they do need something special, like on that offense, and, and they need because as much as you talk about the you know that Chiefs playoff game, whatever, mm-hmm. like we saw against the Jacksonville Jaguars that they got absolutely annihilated by the Jags' offense for fuck's sake. Like this team needs to be able to be explosive and it needs to be able to keep up with teams in, in, in shootouts because this is what happens with these guys. They get into these... Um, they beat good teams and they lose to bad teams. They get these ridiculous games sometimes and mm. the only reason that they aren't completely melting down is because whatever it is about Roethlisberger and Bell and Brown and the way they all come together to be more than the sum of their parts which are already very good in the first place, that's a real concern beyond just the loss of a declining but talented quarterback. And I don't think Mason Rudolph is going to be able to capture that lightning. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how that how that pans out. <clears throat> like overall, and I think we'll see. But this he is better than uh, Landry Jones. Yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> um, we'll, 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 see, we'll see this in our in our win loss totals now. But I think basically what we're doing is we're, we're seeing this being a team that is going to do very well, is going to succeed in the regular season, is going to get themselves into the postseason. But the problem is you need to be you need to be good in, in on, on all three phases of the game I suppose realistic but like very key to be good in both offense and defense if you want to be able to compete like you look at how complete some of the other teams are like I don't know how a Steelers team can hope to just purely outscore a New England team if the New England team is hitting is, is hitting a bit of fire like it, it, it's that kind of difficulty so with that in mind Harry you've got them going I'm going 11 and 5 good enough for the three seed I think they will get to the divisional round and then not progress Fair enough. I have them going 10 and 6. I uh, have them as the four seed, getting to the divisional round and not getting any further. And uh, Fitz? I have them going 12 and 4 as the number three seed. Mm, find out in a few next few weeks where who came to number two. Uh, and I have them going to the AFC Championship game and losing to New England. Oh, Is the, are the Browns number two? I don't think so. We already heard his Browns. It was a poo joke. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> But we think they're going to be better than that this year. <laughs> <laughs> They'll still be wearing the brand uniform, unfortunately. Actually, they've got their new uniforms, don't they? Didn't they release they? an updated uniform? Hmm. Is it still brown? Well, it's been orange for a while. Mm. I just, I just want them to get rid of the word brown <laughs> off the side of the uniforms. It's so stupid. But yeah, no, so that's that's kind of after the AFC North. So again, kind of similar in a lot of ways to what we saw from the AFC East last week. We've got a team that has been kind of dominant in that area for the last couple of years, still maintaining that dominance, but this one's slipping more directly, I think, at this point. Uh, we see two teams that are in complete transition at the moment and uh, one that we just don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, full stop. So that'll, so that'll do us for now. Uh, next week, we will go and have a look at the AFC South and go through the teams in there, see what we reckon. Actually, quite a surprisingly interesting division this year because there's a lot of both 
interesting teams and huge and wide fluctuations as to what might happen with some of those teams. Uh, <laughs> Mysterious men who definitely still exist. Yeah. Frank Andrew. I have, definitely, I've definitely thrown a football. Yes. Yes. Confirmed. Yeah. Confirmed. He lives. He lives. He definitely, definitely lives. I fucking, I believe when I see it, lads. Mm, no, no, no. <laughs> well, here. Uh, that'll do us for today. Uh, thanks for myself. Bye from me. Bye from Harry. See ya. Bye from Ronan. Bye. This has been all four quarters. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll chat to you next week. <laughs>